Hello, this is Matt Moreau, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, July 17th, 2022. Hi, I'm Simone Helpin. And I'm Kelly Brady, and I serve as senior pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks for tuning in to the Next Level. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, church. Good morning, are, guys. We are one short today. M- missing JV. Yeah. John well, is out. Hopefully he's out riding his bicycle somewhere. <laughs> Resting and renewing. It's good. Guys, I've been in I've been into this word lately, rhythms. Do you ever talk about that? Like, what's your rhythm? Your spiritual rhythm? Sure. Your, I'm like, right now I keep talking about my summer rhythm. I'm thinking when you said it, hopefully John's out riding his bike. I'm like, what a good rhythm to get out and go ride your bike. To me, I feel like that's what I meant. I'm in the middle of a summer rhythm. I don't know what day it is. That's your rhythm? Yeah. Have mm-hmm. you read the book, mm-hmm. Sacred Rhythms? Ruth Haley Barton? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's good we book. read that as a staff, actually. I love that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I listened to a podcast recently. It was all about your rhythms. I'm like, I like this. Yeah, my rhythm good. is to know my rhythm. There's another good book called Rhythms of Grace. It's by uh, Mike Cosper. Yeah. The guy Ooh. that did the uh, Mars Hill yeah. thing. That was a good book. Like the like the the narrator guy wrote a book on rhythms. Yeah. I don't know. Was he the narrator uh, too? I didn't I don't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Creator, I just narrator. Uh, knew okay. Mike from a previous uh, life, from previous church. No, previous church. We did like a worship cohort, yeah. and he videoed, conferenced in, and gave us some encouragement. I mm. hear there's new episodes out for the Mars Hill. There's more. If you want more poop. I've had enough. I've had enough. You know, like, I, I but mean, yet I will still listen. <laughs> wait, wait. No, like, uh, I've had enough. I, yeah. I think I get it at this point. Mm. And, Sin and have learned. Bad. Yeah. Not good. Not helpful in the church. Yeah. Humility, good. How was your weekends? How was, how was your rhythms of weekend? <laughs> it's good. I hang out in my vegetable garden. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what have you harvested Lots so far? Lots of cucumbers, and it looks like yeah. my Brussels sprouts are actually going to make. I'm impressed. Yeah. That's great. Cucumbers and tomatoes and onions and lettuce. Yeah. yeah. I planted We're lettuce back in February. We're not tomatoes being ready, right? Yeah. A couple weeks, maybe? A gazillion two, tomatoes. Oh, that's my favorite part. Like, Good tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, we make a lot of Mexican food and we make a lot of pasta, so mm. perfect. the tomatoes are just, keep them coming, man. You have it's them awesome. in your backyard, too? Uh, yeah, we have yeah. quite. Yeah, okay. we have a garden. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I love beets. Do you? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, we have beets. Uh, huge beets, like four inch in diameter. Nice. Yeah, been eating them on my salad. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I never knew. Nothing. I'm just like, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> I, I never knew I would love gardening. It, it's pretty yeah, awesome. I mean, Jennifer great. does the bulk of it, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it a lot. It's great. It feels like a neighborhood thing you guys got going on. It is. Yeah. There are a lot of folks on our block that Ooh, do gardens. Okay. Yeah. Do you like swap? Vegetables. Sure. You, we, can own, oh, yeah. you can have your own co-op yeah. right we, there. Someone walks over with a big bag. Here comes Kelly with a big bag of mm-hmm. kale. Mm-hmm. We like, need to get more organized. Like uh, instead of doing duplicate crops, like one neighbor do, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. cucumbers and the stuff. other do tomatoes. That's and, smart. Yeah. You're onto something. Are you not a gardener? Do you, I do, have do dreams any? of being a gardener. I really like the idea, both yeah. vegetables and plants. I just feel like it's something that I don't have time for right now. It's yeah. not part of my rhythms. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does require a lot of care yeah. and, yeah. you know. Yeah. We're, I think I dream about it. I watch my neighbors who are a little bit older and they do a really great job. Their kids are out of the house. I'm like, that's when I'm going to 
and yeah. give it a shot. My kids ruin Absolutely. everything. It's funny. It does impact how you feel on days when it rains and days when it doesn't rain. Like mm-hmm. you just celebrate harder when it rains. You're just like, yes. I don't have to get out there and oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. That's great. All right. Um, well, I was out this weekend, um, listened to the sermon, but yeah, I was got to be off the platform. We were in Indiana visiting family. Okay. So that was, that was nice. That's a huge, Jennifer's side of the family has a huge family and, and her, one of her brothers who had kind of a get together, he lives out in the country and, um, he's like, you know, master builder guy. And he, uh, he hooked up and he's got like 20 grandkids already. Oh my goodness. Um, and many more coming. He, he hooked up a zip line. Oh, they've got a ton of property and a lot of woods and he cleared out a path in his wow. woods. And this isn't like this, this dude, when he does something, it's, it's full, it's all out. This was a legit zip line. It was like a hundred yards. Oh my gosh. That's a long I, way. I mean, it was, and it went fast and yeah. it was like, you know, one of the top end zip line yeah. brands or whatever. Did your boys do it? They did. Oh they my. did. They loved it. He has a harness sure. for all the kids. And yeah. I mean, there was like, you know, young kids going right. Yeah. And then the adults, he's got like a, you know, rope you hold on to and a little seat that you can sit on. That's fun. It was cool. It was really cool. Talk about trusting your uncle to put your kids on a zip line that he installed himself. Oh my gosh, this dude yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you, if, he, if he does it, you know it's done yeah, right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So fun. All right, well, let's get into some questions. First up, do you have tips for cultivating thankfulness and gratitude? I easily get discouraged and social media doesn't help. I see what other folks have and are doing and I feel not so hot about myself. Maybe I should get off social media. Maybe. Maybe. Kelly, did you write this one? No. <laughs> Although <laughs> I'm, I'm off social media. Uh, well, that's not totally true. I'm, I've reduced my social media time, which is good for me. That's good, good for my soul. I mean, yeah. I, have, I don't know anybody who says I need more social media. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I've taken a Twitter fast for a couple months now. Just not on it. Well, it's not the football season, right? It's <laughs> also not. I mean, on, I, I go for football. That's what I go for mostly. Yeah, but uh, but you can't, you know, like any other social media platform. If you go for one thing, you're not just going to get one thing, right? So, yeah. so it's, I think it's good for my soul. But um, so yeah, glad this question asker is honest about the effects of social media. What do you guys think? Yeah, the sermon was on coveting, and man, I, I do, thankfulness, cultivating thankfulness is important if you're going to fight that battle of coveting, jealousy, envy. Um, so I would definitely get off social media or reduce it, um, and your, your increase in happiness will probably be directly proportional to the reduction in the time spent. So we've talked about this before. Uh, write down your blessings. Read them daily. Keep a journal of blessings. You, you have to be intentional if you're going to change your attitude. There are studies out there that, that talk about how you can actually change the wiring in your brain by intentionally spending time every day um, being thankful. Uh, acknowledging what's going well, 
basically counting your blessings. You can actually change your chemistry, change the wiring in your brain. You know, there's lots of neural pathways research these days, and um, and we can get stuck. We can get stuck as folks that are down and discouraged. And so, writing down your blessings, being intentional, reading those blessings aloud so that you hear them. What's going well? I would pray. I'd ask God to reveal the blessings when we're stuck. You know, the way to get unstuck is to ask God for help um, and then take some action steps. Um, I would also strategically say, get out there and serve. Uh, when we get discouraged and think that we're at the the bottom of the social ladder, it's really important to 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 help meet other people's needs. To realize, I would serve. I would share my resources. I would give. It might be something as simple as. Um, you know, mowing somebody's lawn in your neighborhood that's needing help or behind on their chores, or but just uh, get out there and see that others others uh, need help and need encouragement as well. And then I would memorize scripture on thankfulness. Um, I just have a couple here for you. Paul writes, "Always give thanks." Ephesians five twenty. He says, "Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Be thankful." So there's a correlation to the peace of God and thankfulness. That's Colossians 3. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. I mean, so that's Colossians 4. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for your life. It's actually, you know, we wrestle with what is God's will for my life? It's God's will that we be thankful and that, that takes some intentionality. That's good. When my kids were little and we struggled with the whining and the complaining, we did something similar. We had a big chalkboard in our kitchen and it took us... It, did, it was less than a year, but, you know, seven or eight months, and we did a thousand blessings. It was off of a book. That's great. There, yeah. Uh, I remember that book. Is it Ann Voskamp? Yeah. I'm saying it right. Uh, and I just skipped to the end of the book, basically. Give me like, the exercises. Yes, yeah, I'm desperate here. And, it, and I read a lot about how, what you just talked about, how the brain chemistry can be changed when you are intentionally thankful. And so we had a big chalkboard, and we would do a hundred blessings or things we're thankful for at a time and then we would erase I take a picture of it and then we would erase it and do a hundred more and we did it until we reached that's work a, it was work it took months did it have a good effect it did and now this was a while ago when my kids were little <laughs> it feels like we could go about doing it again and uh, I, it's been within the last few months I'm actually having my son do it in his personal journal because I was I've noticed a little bit of attitude in uh, in his little teenage okay. your son is how old 13 and, and he has a journal Yes. And do you require journaling? I strongly encourage. <laughs> do you reward journaling? For sure. Is that yeah. how yeah. you encourage it? Yeah. One of my kids, I'll just not name her, doesn't, she can't get on TikTok by her own rules each day until she's had a quiet time. So she'll, she'll ask for TikTok time and it's assumed or we check in, have you spent time with the Lord? So that's working for her at the moment. But yeah. Does that's that, re- does that mean required? Cool. I don't know. Well, yeah. Just encourage. It's, it's not, like it's, it's, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. You're influencing uh, them. To, Shepherding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not a, that's no small matter for a 13-year-old boy to have a journal. Mm, okay. That would be unique, yeah, I would say. he's an old soul. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's reflective already. He's very reflective, yeah. 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 I have another question about social media, though, since it's mentioned in this question. I'm curious what you guys have for boundaries and... Um, how you've learned or are learning to navigate how much time you're on it. Where, where do you share with your spouse? Like, what do you, I don't know. How does this work in your own personal lives? Cause I think social media is one of those things just to state the obvious that you can do in secret 
like nobody really knows how much time you're scrolling <laughs> and sure. are you doing it, you know, at a stoplight? Do you, you know, is it your go-to on accident and you're noticing? I don't know. How have you started to navigate? Because this is a very much a part of our lives, right? Yeah. So how do you do it? I do it less and less. Mm-hmm. So I like to sell things on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Your cucumbers? <laughs> right, well, not yet. No. Could I do that? Right, so I hate to get off Facebook because I, like I sold some, some weights yesterday. So I mean, I hate to totally get off Facebook, um, but I, I've deleted, you know, I'm certainly not on TikTok. That, I tease my teenage, well, they're not teenagers anymore. I, te- I tease my children I'm going to get on TikTok and they're like, oh, dad. <laughs> I still haven't seen it yet. Right. So I, I have it. I'm, I'm old, so I just I stay away. I don't see it as constructive. And I realize that there are some platforming issues. Like I, I know that churches, we mm-hmm. haven't, Glowing Bible Church has an Instagram account mm-hmm. where we put out um, various announcements. announcements mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I know that there are ways to serve a congregation through social media and we're doing that I just don't have and I know that there are some minister pastors that use it in constructive ways I just I don't see that I have that platform right Mm -hmm. now that and there's value added there I for me and so I just less is more for me that's good yeah um you know for me I get on Facebook several times a day checking marketplace <laughs> you looking for, to see what, um, for, you want to see what Kelly's selling <laughs> no like I don't know right now I'm, I'm just I'm always looking for that just amazing deal um, on whatever on whatever okay but usually it's you know like right now I've been looking every day for probably I don't know how many months uh, looking for a playset for the kids because yeah. oh. I'm not going to drop 1500 on a new right. playset from Costco so you know a lot of these you see a lot of them on there, but you know, how do you go and get it and tear it down? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm just looking for that, you know, we right happens, down right. the street, right? Come take it. I'll help um, you disassemble. Right. No money. Like <laughs> brand new. You know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I believe that that deal is out there. So yeah, I look uh, at done, and then they, by the way, if you could have ours. <laughs> Well, let's, let's me, talk yeah, after yeah, this. There, sure. um, there we go. See, see, there we go. Um, so, in the, in the, ultimately, like I, I end up you know, scrolling through and just looking at some stuff. I, I don't spend much time on it either. Um, I don't have a. I don't think I have a social media problem issue. Um, I, one thing I did want to encourage this question asker, as they said, I easily get discouraged, and social media doesn't help. Obviously, all the things that were offered are good things, especially prayer. Um, but on a practical note, like remind yourself, you are looking at people's highlight reels. Yeah, you are looking at their best. Like, you know, you know, what I mean, like, or I not could, even real. It might not even be the best. It might just flat out be fake. <laughs> right, right. It could be right. Um, but I mean, gosh, we you could take any going back to football. You could take any football player in the NFL and make a highlight reel and show someone and say, this, do, this person is amazing. They're going to be the next blah, blah, blah. But you're looking at a highlight reel. You're looking at the best parts of this person's life. I'm thinking so, of the famous butt fumble where the guy runs into the back dude, of the other that, guy. That Matt Sanchez, the butt fumble. Right? Like no one see, puts that out right? And he like lit it up first, his first year, though. Yeah. So if you took a highlight right. reel of Matt Sanchez to put a name to a story yeah. here, um, but then you just showed the butt fumble, then reality would set in. Um, but no, I, just, you know... I hope that's an encouragement to not be discouraged mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. don't let yourself get too down when you're looking at someone's ultimate 
mm-hmm. highlight reel of the summer mm-hmm. where they maybe they went to the lake twice and maybe they you know went mm-hmm. to rice pool or something mm-hmm. and but there's like a million pictures of all of that and it looks like they spent their you know you're just you, you may not be looking at full reality if you're looking yeah. at that so I think the person asking the question is noticing something in their spirit and I would encourage them just to follow that and the scripture you gave, um, Kelly, that's so encouraging and good good reminders. Um, yeah, I don't think they're alone in feeling like you can look at to other people and to your point from Sunday, wish that they didn't have what they had because it almost you know would make you feel even better. It feels yeah. Yeah. more empowering to you if they if, don't have it and you do. Yeah. yeah, anything we can do to eliminate those, even those pathways to those thoughts and social media. Yeah. You said something in your sermon about um, the second after you die. You know, yeah. I think about that a lot of times in terms of when your head hits the pillow. Mm-hmm. Like, is is that matter when your head hits the pillow at mm-hmm. night? What, what are the things that you meditate and think about? You know, and for me, a lot of it is relationships mm-hmm. and family, and you know, like just stuff that matters when my head hits the pillow. Yeah, it takes a lot of discipline to focus on the things that matter today and now and, and not just have a quick escape of social media and a quick scroll that ends up being lo- a lot longer than a quick scroll. So sure. they say, I don't know, I've never done it. Right. <laughs> My, I, I, you, you're asking basically, what do we get sucked into in an unproductive fashion? Yeah. And so for me, it's actually, it's not social media mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I've had my season where social media was really unproductive in my life. Mm-hmm. It either got me down or got me stirred up and created anger in my life mm-hmm. or whatnot. So right now it's podcasts. Oh yeah. I can, I can over listen, mm-hmm. over stimulate, mm-hmm. um, and it's news feeds. Yeah. It, so it's, I actually, you know, Sherry, you ask, what are the fail safes or who are, who yeah. are we accountable to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sherry will give me feedback. Would you put your phone down? So mm-hmm. I'm not scrolling social media, but mm-hmm. I'll be reading the news ad nausea mm-hmm. and it's unproductive. It gets me down mm-hmm. or it stirs me up and I get angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to uh, self-moderate there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's giving me feedback. She's either perturbed. I'm on the phone too mm-hmm. much for those yeah. reasons. Yeah. You've always got your headphones in, Kelly, and mm-hmm. I'll hear from her, and, and that's that's helpful to mm-hmm. know that that is a good indication mm-hmm. for me that I'm, I'm disconnected mm-hmm. from reality. Yeah. And what message you might be sending to her that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not to like overanalyze yes. your situation. Have you been but talking it, to her? Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I feel like I might be you in that situation because I also love a good podcast it's like my new question for people is what is your favorite podcast right. what are you listening to i don't what, what watch, else can i listen to right i'm not i don't watch shows and movies very much but i will i love information which can be uh, can be also be a crutch in oh, the sense yeah. that it's a distraction yeah well it keeps you from being present yep and i think that is something um that i know i can work on in terms of my rhythm of being here and now at this moment. And, um, it's easy, whether it's social media, a podcast, a show, I could call out someone very close to my life. Who's he loved. He will always have a show always. Um, and it's the same thing. Like we're just having a difficult time being in the present. And Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to hear from the Lord, uh, experience a heart of gratitude 
yearn for that if we're constantly distracting us from what's here and, and right now. It's interesting. I know this is tangential, but um, as a learner, and, and just personality-wise, I like to learn. I like to read, absorb info is what mm-hmm. you were just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. That's me. I like more data. Yeah. Uh, and and um, if I'm not careful, I can think, I can slip into the mode where I think if I learn something else, I'll, I'll be happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'll be freer, um, or I'll be more effective, which is a big deal for my personality. I want to be effective. So, um, and I have to re- constantly relearn that happiness, effectiveness, fruitfulness are found in a person, uh, Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning's valuable. Uh, I'm a learner. Uh, but it's it's not the panacea. It's not the cure-all. Um, and so I need to, if I'm not careful, I can get sucked into just one more podcast. I'll learn a little bit more. And it's it can even be addictive. Mm-hmm. If, if, I, if I can get the freshest, uh, most objective news story, then I'll be able to identify the truth. Well, I already, the truth is in Christ. I need to focus on Christ mm-hmm. and take news uh, in moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think God was really kind to both me and Jennifer by making us older parents. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm 46 and I still I have a five year old. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I walk upstairs, my knees click. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm acutely aware of time yeah. and how fast it's going. And so, a lot of times for me, it's just, it's easier just to focus in on what's important and mm-hmm. what God's given us right in front of me. And, because I'm just, I'm not, yeah. I'm 46, I'm not 26 or 32 or whatever, you know, like, so it's easier for me to just put the things aside. Mm-hmm. And although when the phone, when the iPhone first did, when when I first got my iPhone, I, Jennifer did have to, like, it's ha- been we a, had to sit down and talk. Thump you on the head. It's I mean, been a big learning curve, hasn't it? Yeah, we would be, we would be in mid-conversation and, you know. I would just pick up my phone and start looking. At, I'd feel it buzz and mm-hmm. just start, well, I'm checking a text and like she's telling me a story. I still do that. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, a problem. And yeah. For me. I've gotten better at that. Yeah. I, I've gotten better at that, but mm-hmm. man. Tyranny of the urgent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right, a problem right. for me. Mm-hmm. I also thrive off of productivity. So I like to get things done. And your phone f- makes you feel like you're getting things yeah. done right. by constantly answering and responding. Yeah. And yeah. All right, let's go, let's go to the next one. Uh, the story of the rich young ruler is interesting to me because it seems like Jesus was offering the law as a means to salvation. When he says, one thing you lack, isn't he saying, do this and you will have eternal life? Can you explain it a little more? Where is salvation by grace in that story? It's a great story, isn't it? I hope that uh, others went back and read it. It's Luke chapter 18, um, and it's, it's a relatively short story, and it's, it kind of cuts at the heart this guy comes to Jesus. He wants eternal life. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He's greeted Jesus with kind of a, a mundane greeting of the day. Good teacher. Um, it would have been like us saying, hey, how you doing? And we would expect the reply, good. I mean, if someone actually takes us up on the how are you doing and we start to spill all our emotion, they're, they're caught off guard. Well, Jesus confronts this guy he he gives him kind of the mundane greeting good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life and uh jesus says why do you call me good there's no one good but god and so from right at the outset we know that jesus wants this man to meet with god 
no one's good by God. You've called me good teacher. Are you saying that you see that I'm God? He's pressing him. And so he's pressing him to acknowledge his need for Jesus. Because at the end of the, the back and forth, he says, come follow me. Come follow God. See in me your, your deepest need and have your deepest needs met in relationship with me. And so the message of grace here is in the invitation to follow Jesus and there's something standing in the way of this man receiving a relationship with Jesus. It in, it's his money. He's wealthy. And, um, and Jesus quotes the law, he holds the law up to this man like a mirror. He says, um, you know, keep the, you know, you know what's in the law. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, honor your mom and dad. He quotes five, six, seven, eight, nine. He leaves out 10, this coveting, this appetite for more, which this man clearly has. He's got this appetite. He's wealthy. He goes away from Jesus sad. Hmm. He's not yet ready to follow Christ. He's to answer the call to, to sell everything and find his wealth in a relationship with God. And that's really the invitation to us all, uh, to throw ourselves on the grace of God and to yeah. depend solely on him. And it's money and wealth, right? Like um, Jesus said before that you can't serve two masters, Yeah. right? Like. Yeah, uh, either you will the hate other. the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of in lockstep with what he had already, what he's already said about about that dynamic. It, you mm -hmm. know, this is a heavy matter. It's mm -hmm. a heavy matter for such a wealthy culture. Mm -hmm. um, I found it quizzical. I hadn't. We as a church hadn't planned to kick off a capital campaign on the tenth commandment on the Sunday that we were preaching on the 10th mm -hmm. commandment, don't, mm -hmm. don't covet. Uh, but it's, it is a, um, a very convenient uh, coincidence that uh, our, we're, uh, as a congregation, reminded not to be covetous, not to cling to mm -hmm. our wealth, mm -hmm. uh, not to think that life is found in the abundance of possessions. Jesus said, be on guard. Life mm -hmm. is not found in the abundance of possessions. And so it's, um, it's a heavy word and the whole camel through the eye of a needle, mm -hmm. which is in the rich young ruler story, it, that's a heavy word. It's mm -hmm. a difficult word for a wealthy people. We, a majority, no, that's not true. Many in our congregation are are in the in the business mm -hmm. of investment, mm -hmm. and and so it's a it's a difficult reality that we can't serve two masters and we need to figure that out. We need to figure out how to get camels through the eyes of needles and mm -hmm. what, thankfully, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Yeah. He can separate us mm -hmm. from our money. He, he mm -hmm. can um, care for us. We can meet with God's grace. Hello, Glen Ellen Bible Church. Our only announcement this week is to bring to your attention the REACH Capital Campaign, which we kicked off last Sunday. The REACH Capital Campaign is aimed at raising $700,000 before year-end, before December 31st, for the purpose of paying off the mortgage of Poplar Creek Church. As many of you know, 
Uh, the elders launched a vision last November that we'd become a multi-campus church, one church meeting in two locations. And Poplar Creek Church approached us asking if they could be our first campus. And the elders believe this is the vision, the future for Glenelg Bible Church, that Poplar Creek would be brought into the Glenelg Bible Church family and we'd be one church meeting in multiple locations. If you have an interest in learning more about the multi-campus vision, go to gebible.org slash campus. There you could read all about it. There's an FAQs page as well as consider donating to the Reach Capital Campaign. Our goal is to pay off the mortgage and continue as a debt-free church in the new year 2023 with two campuses. If you have questions, you could reach out to me as well. I'd be happy to try to answer those questions. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, okay, I read Acts 5 and can't believe what happened there. Did God strike those two people dead? That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so in the going deeper questions, um, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is, is uh, com- compared to the story of Achan. Achan is the guy in the Old Testament who takes the loot from Jericho against God's direction and he loses his life. And so there, it's an interesting timing. Acts chapter 5 is at the beginning of the church. So in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit descends, it fills the people, there's tongues of fire. And then by Acts chapter 5, these two guys, these two folks, Ananias and his wife Sapphira, they're, they're dropped dead. And it's, it's unclear as to whether or not God struck them dead. But, yeah. but it's in the context of money, uh, of, of money, right? But everyone is, is distributing their wealth. Right, and they're sharing. They're sharing. And these two folks have been uh, untruthful. Yeah. Right. It's fascinating to me. So Achan loses his life for covetousness as the people of God are entering a new season. They're just entering the promised land. And Ananias and Sapphira lose their lives uh, for lying to the Holy Spirit or to God about the amount of money they'd given. So they're both money issues. Mm-hmm. And the people of God are, are just starting out. The, the church is in a new, you know, it just been launched. It's fascinating to me. God seems to take this money situation really seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk some more about, though, because uh, as this question asker is saying, uh, man, that is terrifying mm-hmm. that God would strike these two people dead. Um, why, why would God do that? Like what, yeah, how, and it's, it's, how do not, you... it's not clear that God strikes them dead. They drop dead. <laughs> um, sure. So we want, we want to read the lines, not read between the lines as best we can. Um, Ananias is confronted by Peter, and he drops dead yeah. when it's, you know, maybe he had a heart attack or a stroke, I don't know, just from the stress of being confronted uh, with his sin. Um, but you could go to other places that probably are where, where God does strike somebody dead. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of where this, I'm, I'm assuming that that's the tension that's being held in this question. Yeah. So it's, let's, so I kind of wanted to see if you would talk about that for a minute, just, you know, cause that's no, hard. God it's has, it's it hard to reconcile hard. that. Right? It is hard. I would encourage you not to be terrified. Um, yeah. Uh, the story of Ananias' fire is a unique story, just as the story of Achan's a unique story. Um, I think the story of Ananias and Sapphira 
is included for any number of reasons, one of which is to remind the people of God at the start of the church uh, that this is a community effort. We are a people. Don't, don't undermine the integrity of this community by valuing money mm-hmm. over, um, yeah, over people. And the same with Aiken. You do what you're told. Don't you, yeah. you've stolen. Don't undermine the integrity of of the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so, and money can do that. It can come between us mm-hmm. in in the way we handle money. So I I see the Lord sending a really clear sign at a auspicious moment, a very important moment, the beginning of the church, uh, about how valuable is the community, the people of God. So I you know, fear is not of the Lord. I, I know that it's it it's um. It's um, a dramatic, and it's a uh, well. It's a harsh reality that they're confronted in, and they drop dead. Uh, and if if money is something that you're cl- that you feel like you're clinging to, man, I would I would talk to God about that and say I'm I'm scared. I'm scared I may be clinging to my money, and the Lord will do a good work in your heart. I would take that to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a unique story, and I should also point out this is tangential, but maybe this is helpful. Simply because Ananias and Sapphira drop dead doesn't mean they're consigned to hell. Temporal judgment should not be equated with eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so we shouldn't draw connections between, you know, whether or not they were believers or not believers, or whether or not they're saved, will we see them in heaven? I, I actually think that God is uh, sending a message to the to the church here that this story is sure. included uh, for that purpose, and um, and God is is going is. Yeah, we just shouldn't overstate what this means about Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. Anytime, I mean, there, and there's a ton of mystery into why God does what he does when things seem uh, like, when things seem this bad, when you hear a story about, or you know, I'm thinking about the Old Testament story of Uzzah, when he tries to save God's ark as it falls and God strikes him dead. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and so you just wonder, like, how could, why would he do, like, wouldn't... Mm-hmm. It, it, what helps me in those moments when you're trying to reconcile God who would do that with a God that's still holy and good and right. And um, it, it, what helps me is just to go through uh, all of, you know, all of the stories of, of God's goodness and his kindness and to remind myself that like, I'm not God. God operates in an entirely different way. And the Bible is full of stories of God um, doing things that we see as just face value good. You know, he sent his son, number mm-hmm. one. He saved, he's offering you eternal yeah. life, even though you don't deserve it. Um, and so a lot of times when I read stories like this, it's good for me to remind myself of God's, of tangible stories of God's goodness yeah. so that I can hold those two things. Intention. Intention mm-hmm. and together and that I can be okay with it and to know that if I ultimately do find out all the reasons, I will be 100% satisfied. Yeah, let the story like, humble you. Mm-hmm. Not right. simply terrify you mm-hmm. and right. alienate you. So read uh, chapter five of Acts, verse 11. Great fear seized the whole church yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. of these events. Mm-hmm. But keep reading. Verse 14 
So just three verses later, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the number of those being yeah. saved. So don't let the fear drive you from fellowship with your creator. Don't let it become a wedge between you and, and your creator. Let it humble you, uh, cry out to God and, and uh, confess your sin. If, if there's sin of valuing money over people or uh, refusing to use your money to steward it for kingdom's purposes, yeah. let that let this. We hold attention to you. Yeah. We hold attention too, right? Mm-hmm. With with you know with the veil being torn, but then also a God that needed a veil in the first place, mm-hmm. and humans yeah, that good. needed a veil in the first place, right? That's like good. we hold that tension. Mm-hmm. Like yes, Jesus brings us intimately close with God, but at the same time, like. It's not just simply a, I'm going to throw my arm around God because he's my homeboy kind of life. Like there's a reverence, a holiness. Like he Mm -hmm. still is that God. Power. That powerful. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, at least I, Mm -hmm. I won't speak for the whole church. I could use more of that in my, um, in just dealings and thinking of of God on a daily basis. Just more of that. There's a tension there. That's a, a takeaway, I think. You know, Anthony and I were just talking about this. Um, It sounds silly to say, but how relevant the Ten Commandments are to our everyday life, and how for they have stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, you've just done such a great job making them feeling so applicable today. Not making them; they are, but translating that for us and giving a lot of really applicable um, thoughts and actions that. We, you know, in our family, in our marriage, we've taken from the series. And what you just said, Kelly, about this um, story in Acts, and it may it be a warning, we might not see people or ourselves drop dead, but there is certainly death that happens amongst Christians who, or people who dare put anything before God. Absolutely. And it's money is one, I mean, that's the theme that we see a lot in this community or even biblically, it's not hard to find the warnings after warnings that the love of money, you know, is the root of all evil. Um, so there is certainly a warning in this passage that I'm sitting here like thinking, okay, me personally, what the warning of anything that I'm putting before God, the security I have in, um, having every need and more of my in my life be met on a daily basis like that's a that is for sure a temptation to think that I don't need Jesus and that could lead to death not maybe not eternal death like you're saying maybe not a salvation issue but just having a a, a missing out on the abundant life Mm -hmm. that we have in Christ Mm -hmm. Um, so this is still in my as I'm reading this story literally in live as you're talking about it i'm thinking this is so applicable to me mm-hmm. personally and people i know that we we could leave we could live lives that lead to death maybe we're not seeing each other fall down right in front of our eyes but spiritually and uh, missing out on the abundant life that that jesus calls us to you know when i first started in ministry and what made me think of this is i know someone you do fundraising mm-hmm. uh, for naomi's house and um when I first started out in ministry, it was hard to ask for money, uh, but it's it's gotten easier for me um, as I've seen the importance of wealthy people um, giving their money away and the service. In other words, it's there is a 
there is a service or a blessing to the people of God mm-hmm. when we show them places they can invest mm-hmm. in eternal matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and to invest in Naomi's house is to change women's lives that had formerly been trafficked. And so it's to bring the gospel in word and deed into women's lives. And and to invite people to be a part of that is an invitation to store up for themselves treasure in heaven to to steward their money well mm-hmm. and so i it should it should change the way we think about things like capital campaigns and the invitation to give it, rather than uh, resenting yet one more phone call or one more banquet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a banquet season in DuPage County mm-hmm. where there's everybody's having their favorite, their mm-hmm. pet causes. And rather than resent that, we should see that as a real opportunity mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to store up for ourselves treasure in heaven. All right, let's go to the last one. If the rich young ruler was to sell it all, are we to sell it all? Is it sinful to have possessions? Seems strange that what he requires of one, he doesn't require of all. Yeah, so back to the rich young ruler. It's Luke chapter 18. Read that later today if you haven't read it yet. The guy comes and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, one thing you lack. The The guy initially says, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm perfect. I've kept all those commandments because Jesus gives him a, a string of commandments. Well, you know the, uh, the commands. Do these and you'll have life. And he goes, yeah, I've done those. He goes, well, one thing you lack, he says, sell everything you have. Come and follow me. Give it away, he says. Come and follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven or you'll have life. And so it, it would be easy for us to think that, that we could purchase our eternal life if we're not careful when we read that. Uh, But we need to remember this guy had one, he had one um, kind of besetting sin, if you've used that language before. Most people have one sin that they they struggle with more than others. This guy was his greed, his covetousness, his desire for more wealth. So Jesus puts his finger on this guy's besetting sin. He says, you've got to deal with that. Come follow me. Give that up. And, and Jesus deals with us all in a similar fashion. But it's not as simple as saying we get into heaven when we give all our money away. And that would be, frankly, purchasing heaven. So um, I'll give you some other examples. We're all called to chastity and fidelity, but some are called to singleness in life. Some are given that gift. Others are to marry. We're all called to serve and bear fruit, but some are called to full-time vocational ministry. Others are called to volunteer ministry. So we're all to be ministers, but, but our callings are unique. Some are to be volunteers, some are to be full-time. We're all called uh, to use our bodies, to, to, uh, to honor God with our bodies, but some are, do that as single people, some do that as married people. So we're all called to grow in the grace of giving. We're all to use our money as stewards. Some are to do that by giving it all away, a vow of poverty. Others are to do that by maintaining and managing their wealth. It's just not as simple as a Mm -hmm. one-size-fits-all. Have you guys struggled with that before? Well, I was going to ask, does that, this question asker says, seems strange that he doesn't, that he doesn't require, that what he requires of one doesn't require at all. Do you, does that strike you guys as strange? No, I think, I think what Jesus is doing here is saying, I don't require all of you to give up all your possessions, but I require all of you 
to love me fully and come follow me and come follow me. Yeah, so what, what is that's keeping great you? Way to say that. What is keeping you from following me? Mm, so for yeah. this person, it was or for this rich young ruler, it was his possessions. It could be totally different from somebody else. It for, could be two or three things it, actually. It, it, absolutely. And what if you don't have a ton of possessions? Then are you no longer a, you know a, do you not fall into this category? So it's it's what's keeping you. Yeah, is what he's getting at. I love that about Jesus. I will just say it. I love how personal he is. I love that he knew this was what was keeping mm. the rich young ruler from fully loving Jesus. And he touched on it. I like you're like physically using your finger, Kelly, when you were talking mm. about that. He he put his hand on the thing or the the mindset, the sin in this rich young ruler's life, and said, "Take care of this, and then you'll have me." To me, that is such grace mm. and mercy that Jesus would do that to us. It, it makes me want to pray right now, Lord, do that to me. What mm. is it that is keeping me from fully following yeah. you? Whatever that is, and call well, me out on it. Yeah, and you're right. It's different for everybody, yeah. and that's why it's not just a one-size-fits-all, yeah. right? Like, I mean, for some people, it, this could be children. Mm. And I'm not suggesting God wants you to leave your children, but just saying, like, you could have your children in an elevated place, yeah. or it could be a spouse or whatever, mm-hmm. where they, you're in Jesus' mm-hmm. spot, yeah. and he's going to let you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Anything that brings you false security. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, control, right. yeah. power, money. Yeah, it's going to fail mm-hmm. or it's going to get eaten by bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, true that. I, th- I think about that all the time. Like, is this something garden. that's going to get eaten by bugs? <laughs> yup. Have perspective. All right. That's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the next level podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining in. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to The Next Level. Boom! Prophecy.